I get this text message from a friend of ours who's openly gay guy in the Boston area, and he's also a journalist. He was like, do you realize what you just did? I was like, no. He was like, you're the only openly gay professional strongman. Right. He was like, this is something. Right. This isn't just a post. Right. He was like, do you mind if I write an article about it? I was like, no, knock your socks off. I don't fucking care. Right. Well, that article goes live, and next thing you know, we're getting blown up. Right. Like, you know, it's it's one of the it was the first time of me experiencing like going viral. Yeah. Um, Perez Hilton is tweeting about us. Yeah, yeah. Conan talked about us. Crazy. Uh, TMZ, Huffington Post all want interviews at this yeah. point. And you talk about putting a relationship on blast. Right. Right. Real quick. Right. You were we're, just trying to tell some people so you could be. Yeah. You know, say, hey, I just so want to be myself. And you were doing it for you and Joey more than anything. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And um, next thing you know, yeah, but you did it for without even knowing it. You did it for hundreds of millions of yeah, other people that it, needed it. All right, guys, this was an absolutely incredible podcast we had on Rob Kearney, world's strongest man competitor, as well as only openly gay strongman. Um, we talked about lifting heavy shit, being nice to people, being loving and accepting, and doing all the right things in life. Guys, listen to Rob. He's someone that everyone should look up to. I had an awesome conversation with him, and I know you'll enjoy it. Have fun. The Mic Drop. Subscribe to success. All right, guys. Here we are on another episode of The Mic Drop, powered by Premier Mortgage Lending. I'm actually super excited about today's guest, Rob Kearney. Welcome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yep. Rob is a... World's strongman competitor, I threw in the world's strongman competitor, and only openly gay strongman competitor, right? Yeah, I like to add a little flair to things. Yes, you know? I like it. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, as I was talking about before we, we started, you know, the premise behind the show originally is connecting community, so anybody that's listening, to success, right? Yeah. And I feel like you've had success in a number of different ways, right? Yeah, life has been crazy. You yeah. know, I just turned 30 like a month and a half ago, Yeah, and it's it's wild to see like where my life was and how it's like the, you know, it's really like the last like seven, eight years where it's just been a roller coaster. Yeah. Talk about it. So how, where, where'd you grow up? Talk, so, talk about early on and how you kind of fell into this whole thing. Yeah. So I was actually born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, okay. uh, then moved to Connecticut. That's where I did like high school and stuff like that. And then ended up in Western Massachusetts because um, I went to Springfield College. So I went there for athletic training and sports medicine. When I was in high school, I, I played, you know, your traditional sport. So I played football in the fall, was an offensive lineman. Uh, in the winter, was actually a cheerleader. And then through those sports, just kind of fell into the weight room, right? Cheering what? Basketball? Yeah, so basketball yeah. and competition season. Okay. So, like, I would do all the crazy stunts, like throwing girls up and mm-hmm. catching them over my head by myself, all mm-hmm. that stuff, doing that in high school. Yeah. Which was awesome. Were you this big? No, I, I mean, big, I was you were big. big. Yeah, I mean, I, I was about 220. Yep. So, and, and training kind of regularly. So, you know, through those two sports, I, you know, fell into the weight room because it was, you know, well, I got to get stronger for football. I got to get stronger for cheer. And um, my senior year was working out in the high school weight room, and there was a substitute teacher who actually was a CrossFit coach as well. And he was like, you know, like, you look like you kind of like what you're doing. Do you want to swing by the CrossFit gym and like we could show you stuff a little bit more in depth. I was like, why not? So they actually, I ended up getting like, they, I mean, the the gym was awesome. They gave me a free membership when I was a high school senior to come in. I would go to the gym at like six o'clock in the morning, five 30 in the morning before school, get my lifts in. And, um, they obviously realized pretty quickly that I, I liked just lifting heavy shit. Right. So they signed me up for my first strongman competition. I walked into the gym on a Tuesday morning. They're like, hey, there's actually a contest like this Saturday. Um, Get out of here. Yeah. They were like, yeah. we, we kind of put your name in. Go do it. So I was like, at that point, I'm 17 years old. Yeah. And my experience with strongman was pretty much what the majority of the population is, right? You like see it like once a year at 3 right. o'clock in the morning on, on ESPN. ESPN. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I was like, fuck it. Why not? Let's yeah. go. And went there. Completely got annihilated, took last place, was the youngest competitor by like 10 years, but fell in love with the sport. So went to Springfield College and um, they had a powerlifting team. Yeah. So I joined that team and literally, you know, I talked about this a lot in when I started in Strongman, you know, I said I took last place in that first show. I took last place in eight shows in a row. Like I wasn't good. That's okay. <laughs> and you kept showing up though. Yeah. And it was so much fun though, because it's like, and I can still say this to this day is I've been doing this sport 20, 2022 is going to be my 13th year yep. doing strongman. I've never once done a competition that has the same events. Right. 
right? Like it always changes with what we do. And that's what drew me to it. That's what made it so exciting. So I just really like fell in love with the sport and what I was doing, meeting cool people, getting to travel all over New England, doing these contests. And 2013, um, it was November of 2013. I ended up winning the amateur national championship going pro. Incredible. And so how old were you then? So that was what? You were 21. 20, 21? Yeah, I just turned 21. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So turned pro when I was 21. And, you know, the next, and that was actually, so strongman, there's some weight classes, yeah. right? So like, obviously the most popular are the big dudes on TV. Right. Um, I actually turned pro as a middleweight, which is 231 pounds. Okay. Um, so 20, pretty much from 2011 to 2016, that's the weight class I competed in. 230 to what? What's the middleweight? Middleweight is 231 and under. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were saying 231 up to another. No, weight. no. 231 is the cutoff. Okay. So anything over 231 is considered heavyweight. Yep. Right. So 2011 to 2016, I was competing in the 231 class and yep. was pretty successful. Uh, took second place at America's Strongest Man in 2014, 2015. And, also had up until actually up until this year had the log press world record in that weight class. So at a body weight of 231, I pressed 410 overhead. It's crazy. Um, and then 2016, I went to Worlds for that weight class. Yep. Had the absolute worst weight cut of my life because I was traveling over to Belfast, Northern Ireland while yep. cutting weight. Um, now don't I mean don't don't most strongman competitors you know put on the weight. Yeah, but so the thing <laughs> was, know? I'm competing at I'm competing at 231, but <laughs> right, walking so around at like, but I was walking around at like 250. Oh fuck! So I'd cut like 20 pounds every time I would compete. Yeah, and it was that contest where I was like, it was like, it was the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. It was a terrible cut, terrible performance. I hated everything I was doing. So I was like, you know what? Like I'm gonna jump up to heavyweight. Well, then I go to Lithuania to compete in the log press world championships. Yeah. I weighed like 245 pounds competing against guys that are like 350 and up, Crazy. and I won. That was what you had, what, 471 or something like that? Is uh, that what it was? B- 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 it something was, crazy? I think it, that was just, uh, so 2016, it was it was 445 that okay. I pressed at that okay. show for the win. Yeah. And I was like, son of a bitch. And that was the one my husband actually looked at me. He's like, I guess you could be a pretty good heavyweight. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, well, relatively speaking, you're small compared to some of those guys. I am, I'm actually the smallest competitor. Yeah. So, you know, local New England guy, only openly gay professional strongman, and I'm the smallest guy at this level of the competition. Fucking awesome. Um, so 5'10", walk around about 285 pounds. Yeah. And that's big right. for most people. Right. But then you realize like- well, For a normal human being. Yeah. <laughs> what we do isn't normal. You know, you're not normal no. if you look at a truck and get excited to no, pull it. No. Um, you know, but, you know, I'm small in this world because I compete against guys like who, guys now retired, Half Thor Bjornsson, right? right? The yeah. mountain on Game of Thrones. Yeah. When, I, when I, I competed against him multiple times, six foot nine, 440 pounds. Crazy. With abs. That's it's crazy. It's stupid. You know, I was watching a video on YouTube last night of you with Brian Shaw. Yeah. That when you were deadlifting and you standing next to him, you look tiny. Yeah. But you're a giant guy. I always tell people, I feel like every time I go to these competitions, it's whenever I'm in the lineups, those guys are. I feel like the annoying younger brother that just wants to <laughs> hang out with his older brother's cool friends. Because <laughs> I'm like, you know, they're all literally a foot taller than yeah. me and, you know, 100 pounds, 150 pounds more. Um, but, you know, luckily I've been successful enough to hold my own. Yeah, you uh, can hang with them. Yeah. You know, I've done some, you know, up until recently, up until this past year, held the American log press record. That's the 471. That was the 471. Okay. Yeah. So pressed 471 yeah. overhead on the log. Um, you know, and luckily have been, you know, competing at the biggest and most prestigious competitions in the world. Yeah. For, for seven, eight years now. Yeah. Yeah. I made my first World Strongest Man appearance in 2017. Yep. Um, and then since then, I've been to Worlds three times. Um, I'll be making my second appearance at the Arnold Strongman Classic coming up here in March. Yep. Uh, and then also just recently competed at the Rogue Strongman, the Rogue Invitational uh, that was down in Texas, which was absolutely amazing. What? Talk about that. So the Rogue Invitational, this was the first year that they did a Strongman competition. So yep. the Rogue Invitationals historically was just CrossFit. Yeah. Massive, massive audiences in CrossFit, obviously. And Rogue Fitness has done a great job in bringing Strongman into the fold. So they have this massive event down in just outside of Austin, Texas at a baseball stadium. They transformed it into a fitness arena. It was absolutely awesome. And it was it was the biggest payout Strongman has ever seen um, in terms of prize money. And it was an invite only. So 
you know, a lot of what we do in Strongman, there's a qualification process to get to these big contests. Since it was the first year Rogue was doing this, they just handpicked 10 guys in the world to come compete at this show. And the invite for me came at such a great time in my life because I got the invite, I believe it was like March of 2021. Okay. And I was about only five months post-op of my tricep yeah, surgery. Yep. So is that what that scar is over yeah, there? Yeah, nice little thing. Gnarly fucking yeah. Scar, huh? <laughs> wow. And um, you know, to get the invite to a show like this, the first year that it's happening, most prestigious contests we've seen, biggest prize money, huge crowds. Uh, to get that invite at that time in my rehab and everything was a nice little fire under my ass. Yeah, right. To be like, to get All you right, moving. You know, now we gotta we gotta go to work. We got something big to work towards. Yeah. What's what? So we're getting ready for an event like that. What does training look like? Hell. I can't even imagine. It's hell. Yeah, every day? <laughs> every day? Um, yeah, you know, so another thing about me is, you know, not only do I do this, I actually also work a full-time job. I know. Right? So it's it, it's two full-time jobs in one, you know, on top of having a husband and try to, you know, be there for him right. and, you know, be a good partner. So my training schedule, I, I train four days a week. Okay. Um, but, you know, to add insult to injury, the gym I go to is about 45 minutes from where I live. So... I, you know, I'm fortunate enough where I'm an athletic trainer at a high school, so yep. most of my work happens in the afternoon. Right. So I'll typically get up and I'll go train in the mornings before work. But my training sessions can take anywhere between two hours and six hours. Six hours? Yeah. Jesus Christ. What does what, what it work? <laughs> what does that look like? Um, you know, so like on some of the bigger days when I'm doing like the strongman stuff, like a lot of it, to be honest, is set up, set up and breakdown. Yeah. But even just something as simple like a squat or a deadlift workout. Yeah. Because of the weights that we're pushing, it takes that much longer to warm Get up to, to that weight, right? So if I'm going into a deadlift workout where I know I have to pull 900 pounds, well, the warm up for that alone is probably going to take about 45 minutes right. just to get up to the point where I can right. then do my top set. And then I have to strip the weight, put everything away, and go What do you on to do for thing. reps, like as you're climbing up like that, right? Because if you're going for 900 pounds, you're obviously not doing reps of six, eight as you're climbing, right? No, usually um, everything's like the three to five rep range. Yep. And then once we get into like the 700 pound range, it's pretty much just singles all the way up. Yep. Just getting that nervous system primed up, ready to go for that big pull. Um, you know, but it, honestly, it all depends, right? Like, cause, because like I mentioned, every single strongman competition is different. Right. We might have a max deadlift or we could walk in and it could be a deadlift for max reps. So we have 800 pounds on the bar. They're like, all right, 60 seconds, pull until you can't anymore. And that's not usually a bar though, right? It, it's like fucking weird objects it could and be, shit, right? It could literally be anything. It could be Small a standard cars. deadlift bar. It could be, <laughs> it could be a car. It could be a truck. It could be an axle bar, which right. is a two-inch diameter, which doesn't ones, have right? any flex yeah, yeah, on yeah. it whatsoever. Um, it could be, you know, at the Arnold, we have the elephant bar, which is a nine-foot-long barbell, where yep. a standard barbell is seven feet. Um, it <laughs> literally changes every single time. You know, when we talk about cars, it could be a front-handle deadlift. It could be a side-handle deadlift. Yep. It really changes all the time. And that's going to be totally different from the lifts that you're training in the gym. Right. Luckily, the gym you, I go like to has all the strongman stuff there. Okay. Right. So I know the gym that I train at, um, it's Lightning Fitness in South Windsor, Connecticut. If I have a car deadlift, we have a car deadlift frame set up in the gym. No shit. Right. So there's not a car on it, but right. we have those massive tires yep. and we can throw a thousand pound tire on there plus more plates and load it up as heavy as we need it to be. I, I was going to ask you, and that's why you traveled to this particular gym. You're not going yeah. to a regular gym. No, no. Right. I, I can't go to an L.A. fitness. No. You know, no. The, that's the funny thing is, like, everybody always asks. They're like, oh, like, why Why do you go so far? I'm like, well, for, you know, perspective-wise, on a standard bar with standard 45-pound plates, yeah. the most you can fit on that bar is 765 pounds. You just max it out. Yeah. There's no more room. No, right? and then but that and that's not even getting collars on a plates either, right. right? So, you know, I can't go to a normal gym and do the training that I need to. You know, if I'm doing what I call like my bro days, yeah. where yeah, it's yeah. like bench and biceps, right. you know, right. yeah. I'll go to a gym like that and I was fuck gonna around. Ask, do you a even bit. do any of that shit? Because Absolutely. It, yeah, you do? Yeah, you know, to me, it's honestly more like an active recovery day. Yeah. Because three of the days are super high intensity, super hard training, right? So Day one is typically going to be my overhead press day. Yep. Um, day two is a squat and deadlift day. Yeah, both on the same day. Day three is my bro day to yep. prime me and get me ready for my weekend training, which is pretty much just strongman stuff. Right. Those are the days that, like, there have literally been days I've been there for eight hours doing strongman training. Now, when you say strongman, you're talking about picking up the big balls and doing all the actual the actual yeah, movements the actual events so yep. you know usually start off with some kind of press so a yep. log press dumbbell axle clean and press 
Um, you know, it all depends on the show, right? Like, so well, you the, don't know leading up to it, right? Or do you know the events? We typically get about an eight week lead time. Okay. So you have some idea. Going yeah. Into it. So with the Arnold Strongman Classic we have coming up, we have the five events we're doing. So first year ever at this competition, we're having a max squat. Just one rep, max one rep, max squat. squat. What do you Tip, squat? Um, so my best ever so far is eight twenty five. A lot of weight. I'm looking to push it for like I'm 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 hoping for like a 900 pound Jesus squat. Christ, that's what I'm really going for. Yeah, I'm really lucky to train with some insanely strong people at my yeah. gym. Um, we have a power lifter. She actually competed last year, was on track to squat 800 pounds at her meet, and ended up tearing her ACL while unracking the 800 bar. 800 pounds? I didn't yeah. know any woman in the world. Squatted yeah. 800 pounds. Yeah, she uh, she squatted 722. Holy shit. Um, and then went, I think she jumped to like 765 or something like that, and she was unracking the bar, and you just saw her knee just kind of collapse just in, like tore the ACL. Um, she actually just broke the all-time bench press world record for women. She benched over 600 pounds. It's crazy. What do you bench yeah. press? Before my tricep yeah. injury? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was right around 600. Yeah, I'm just trying to like yeah. think to get that some type of relevancy yeah. there. Wow, she benched 600 pounds. Yeah, 606, I think she benched. That's insane. Yeah. I just hired a guy that's coming in. He was formerly a police officer, and he's uh, going to be a loan officer here doing loans, and he's a, he does uh, power lifting. Yeah. And he was he, he was telling me he benched something like 580, squats insane. like in the sevens. Yeah. I'm like, this is an insanity. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's awesome, though. Yeah, it it's is so awesome. much fun. You know? Yeah, so, so we have a max squat, and then we have a dumbbell clean and press for reps. It's okay. 275 pounds. Got to pick it up to the shoulder with two hands and then press it overhead with one. I think I saw a, a clip of you you training that. Yeah. Uh, yep. Luckily, it's a pretty good event for me. Yep. Um, so it's maximum reps, but it's in 90 seconds. And 90 seconds is a long time to be doing something. Yeah, it is. Right? Like everybody's like, you know, I always joke around like I train, you know, eight to 12 weeks for a contest yeah. to do five minutes of work. Right. But that five minutes of work, I tell people the analogy I use is like get on a treadmill. Yeah. Throw it at 15 yeah. and go for 60 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's Sorry see what happened. you can do. Right. Right. And um, so that's day one of the contest. Day two, we're starting off with a max log with a, a little bit salty about because yeah. <laughs> that's what I got injured on right, right. a little over a year ago. We have a frame carry, which is 880 pounds. It's literally a box with handles on it. Okay. Um, 35 feet. But to spice it up a little bit, we have to walk up a ramp. What do you mean? So you're carrying it. So carrying it in our hands, yep. picking it up off the floor, okay. and then walking up a ramp 35 feet to the top with 880 pounds in hand. That's insane. Uh, and then the final event is a 410-pound stone. It's a natural stone, so it's not completely round. Yep. And we have to pick it, pick it from the ground up to our shoulder <clears throat> as many times as possible in two and a half minutes. So you're picking it up, dropping it, picking yep. up, dropping it? Literally picking things up and putting it down. Wow. And so do you have a stone like that in your gym where oh, yeah. you, can, you can do that over and over and over again? Yep. So you get, do you work cardio too? Because you must. You must get gassed if you're not. I right? use cardio as a loose term. Well, well, right, <laughs> well some type, it's, right? Because you're breathing. Yeah, it's that, conditioning, yeah, right? Yeah, right, right. And a lot of what I like to do is I like to work it into my workout. Okay. Um, you know, I'm a strength athlete through and through. So yeah. I don't like to run unless no. I'm carrying shit on my back. Right. Um, Oh, when you're that size, it's going to pound the shit out of your knees. It hurts. And, it, you yeah, know, you I'm, I'm in more pain after I run than after I, than after I lift heavy. I bet. Right? So, but for me, I'll look at my condition and be like, okay, let's do this. Let's do, you know, we'll work up to my max set, my top set on squats per se. Yep. And then let's do three sets, 45 seconds max reps at 60% of whatever weight I just did with only two minutes rest in between each yep. set. Just going. Right? So, like, heart rate's cranked. You're just yep. working, 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 building up that volume and work capacity. Um, and essentially just like eating shit for, you know, eight minutes. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's surprising when I watch the, the, you know, the strongman competitions, like how athletic you guys are for your size, you know what I mean? How you can move and not be completely gassed out. That's what I love about the sport. You yeah. know, like I did powerlifting for a while and nothing against powerlifting, like strong motherfuckers in yeah. that sport, right? You know, squat, bench, deadlift, like Ray Williams, he just squatted over a thousand pounds raw, like insane. It's stupid. Um, but like for me personally, I just got bored with it, right? right? Like I played football as a cheerleader. I liked being athletic. Yeah. And in strongman, like we have these medleys where you're like carrying anvils and sandbags and tires and you're running between the things and loading them, you know? So there's just an element of athleticism that is yeah. there that it just makes it so much fun. And it's just something different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's nothing else like it. 
You know? No. Now, you had mentioned you started at a CrossFit gym. Yep. Did you do CrossFit at all, or did you just start lifting yeah. there and stay No, lifting? no. I mean, I did CrossFit. I mean, and I still, I'm still kind of in the CrossFit community. My husband yep. trains CrossFit. I'm a level one coach yep. for okay. CrossFit. Um, I I love, love that sport, and yep. I have so much respect, you know? And I, I, to the day I die, will say, the winners of the CrossFit Games are the most impressive athletes on the face oh, yeah. of this earth. You know, I mean, the fact that, you know, talk about like Matt Frazier, yeah. I've been fortunate enough to become friends with. You know, the fact that he can, you know, in his prime of CrossFit, could deadlift over 500 pounds, run like a five and a half minute mile right. or a 5K or shit at the row at one of the CrossFit games. They had to do a marathon. Yeah, run. fucking swim. And row. Yeah. Didn't they roll for like some absurd amount of it, time? They literally did a marathon. Yeah. On oh, the, it was a marathon. 26 it was miles. literally 26 miles on an erg. Jesus Christ. I mean, it's just and it it literally blows my mind with yeah. what they do and i have so much respect for what what crossfitters do and stuff like that which is why i love the sport cuz i think there's also this and at the rogue invitational that's why it was so cool because there's such a mutual love for what everybody does like yeah. for me it blows my mind to watch people do that and then crossfitters love us seeing picking up heavy shit yeah you know so well, like you there's this mutual respect exactly i mean you have to so it's so cool because i think both of what we do is so niche but there's so much connectivity between the communities. Yeah. No, it's, it's good they both have that tight community. Yeah. It's funny, this guy here, Ed, and a couple of the other guys that, that work for us here, I met them all at CrossFit. Oh, no way. Yeah, it was CrossFit gym right down the road. That's, That's how awesome. we met. Jeez, Ed, what was it, five, six? No, more than that, seven, eight years ago. Um, and that was how I met all these guys. And it is a That's great community. Awesome. Um, but then I got lazy, fat, and haven't been to CrossFit in a while. And now I just lift <laughs> weights. Um, I got sick of running around like a maniac. Yeah, it sucks. Uh, yeah, it sucks. It's terrible. <laughs> Every single day, being dead on the floor, like can't breathe, thinking yeah. that I might actually die. Questioning why you're doing yeah, this. Yeah, why am yeah, I doing yeah, yeah. this? But well, the was, reason um, I was doing it is because I weighed 35, 40 pounds less than I Yeah, yeah, that makes it easier. <laughs> they did a workout at the gym as a fundraiser. They did the Clovis workout. Yeah, which, which one's that? 10 miles of running and 150. 50 burpee pull-ups. No, it's stupid. And you can break it up however you want. No, it's stupid. And I went there, I'm like, son of a bitch. And like, what was crazy was they were doing it for one of the members of the gym who has MS. Oh, okay. And she did the full workout. Get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about making me feel like shit just Absolutely. watching. I'm like, well, Absolutely. son of a bitch, I yeah. gotta get off my ass. Yeah. Um, well, it's that amazing was, what the human body can do, even if you're in a situation like, yeah. like that woman, because it's all, it's all up here. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It's all up here. It really is. Yeah. I mean, I would be the biggest pussy sometimes in the gym, like mentally. Yep. It would be like burpee pull-ups, right? Like you just said that. You say burpee Dude, anything. I would get to like the third one and be like, fucking 25. <laughs> There's no way I can do it. <laughs> but I would. I would. But it would be like, this is awful. When I did you my know? CrossFit certification, one of the workouts we had to do was thrusters and burpees. Oh, God. 95 pounds on the bar. I know. I'm a professional strongman. Mm -hmm. 95 pounds is nothing to me. Right. I was literally doing the thrusters, holding the bar. First off, I can't get in a front rack position because I, I don't have yeah, the mobility. So I'm holding the bar on my finger, <laughs> like, this. like one finger on the bar doing thrusters that like that because uh, I can't hold it comfortably. Yeah. And the burpees, I felt like a beached fucking whale yeah. rolling doing around. Doing the burpees jumping over the bar? Yeah, that exactly. One? Yeah, Why yeah. not, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it was... So terrible. Yeah. And like everybody else in the class is like, that was a great workout. I'm like, fuck all of you. Yeah, this yeah. sucks. I weigh 285 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go deadlift, you know, because the funny thing is like one of the coaches knew who I was and we're talking about the deadlift. Yeah. And he was like, Rob, what's your, uh, what's your max deadlift? I was like, oh, like 970. 970. And he was like. We're not gonna teach Rob how to deadlift. We're right. not. We're not gonna learn how to deadlift like Rob. Yeah, no. You know, it's a little bit different. Yeah. So, well, the thing is, in in the in the CrossFit community, or in you, when you're in one of those gyms, right? What happens is, as you know, you know, and it's probably the same in strongman. You start comparing yourself to the guy that is lifting 900 yep. pounds. Exactly. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, I remember this one guy Matt that we used to squat with. He'd squat. I mean, what was Matt? Matt was over 500 pounds, right? And, and so, like, I'd feel like 600 pounds. Yeah. I'd feel like a big pussy because I was only at 350. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, that's still pretty good. It's not a bad squat. And, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, and the hardest part about, like, getting into this For a 41-year-old guy, you know what I mean, <laughs> that, like, doesn't train that hard. The hardest part about any of, all of this, what we do, is the ego. Right. right? Like, that's, that's the hardest part. Like, you know? like, son of a bitch, if that dude's doing it, why can't I? Yeah. Well, it's funny, right? Because that's how you push yourself. But at the same time, that's how you hurt yourself. Yep. You know what exactly. I mean? Like, I blew out my back. I'd have shoulder surgery just from doing shit that I probably shouldn't have done. 
Because <laughs> could have for dialed me, it back and been okay. Because for me, I'm not a strongman competitor. I, yeah. I run a mortgage company. There's no need for me to be deadlifting <laughs> over 400 pounds. No, you know what I no. mean? But not, it's not pretty cool I, if you can. I get there like in a, in a safer way. Yeah. Not trying to get there in eight minutes. Exactly. You know what I mean? And that was... Yeah. That's the that's problem tough. sometimes when, you know, in the, in the CrossFit gym uh, is you only have a certain amount of time to get there. Got a one-hour class. Right, one hour. Got to fit hour, it all you in. You got to get in this work, the, the, the heavy lift in eight or nine minutes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, I'll do that at home when I have a Saturday morning and I can just, you know, yeah. I mean, work my way up. And that's that's part of the reason why my workouts sometimes take eight hours. Yeah. Makes right? perfect like, sense. I'm not working up to an 800-pound deadlift in eight minutes. No. That shit's not happening. Man, 800 <laughs> pounds. I can't even imagine that. You know what I mean? Does it does it help you being a little bit shorter than the big guys on the deadlift? A little bit, or yeah. Or does it not make a yeah, difference? Yeah, I mean, to a point, like, mass moves mass, right? Like, True. It to, you know, but, I mean, I've been right. fortunate to, like, the thing, and part of the reason why I think I got so successful in this sport is because as I was coming up and I talked about how I wasn't good when I started, yeah. I became a student of the sport. Right. Right? Like, so I was looking at, okay, what's Brian Shaw doing? Yep. But, like, what did Marius Pujanowski do? Yeah. Like, what did Derek Poundstone do? What did all these yeah. other athletes do? So uh, let me take a little bit from each of their techniques and put it together in one, right? And I was able to con- kind of use that throughout my career because I also didn't have the luxury of just being good right away. Right. So I had to work my ass off to get to where I'm at today, right? You know, like, I started – I actually started competing under 200 pounds. Under 200 pounds. Yeah, I would cut from, like, 215 down to, like – 199 or 200.4 was the cutoff. Wow. Um, and compete there. And, you know, I, I literally worked my way through the amateur ranks to get to this level. We see guys now that they like do one show, go to nationals and end up winning because they're right. freaks. Right. And then they're already at this level. You know, I didn't have that luxury. So I literally had to take time to learn how to really do these movements proficiently yep. and work them for my body type and my size. Not for nothing. I think that's a better journey than just being fucking gigantic and being able to move something without putting in the grind and the in the struggle. I yeah. like I like that. You, you know, know what I mean? And the cool thing for me is like cuz I'm I'm still obviously I'm so involved in the strongman community and there's yeah. there's a level of relatability that I have with the amateur athletes that right. some of the other pros don't. Right. Right, because they never they never went through that process. No, they didn't have to go to nationals six times. Right. They didn't have to get their ass kicked time and time again at local shows. Um, you know, and really like fight and claw their way to get to this level. You know, I don't, nothing was ever given to me on a silver platter in this yeah. sport. You know, I, I had to work my way through it. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, a lot of people that are really good at anything, whether it's, you know, ath- you know, athletics or business or, you know, people that invest all this stuff, right. It takes, it takes a lot of losing, right. So you have to learn from it. Um, there's actually, I'm actually going to pull this up. Oh no, I shut my phone off. There's actually this, uh, this meme that I texted my wife this morning at like 6.30 because I was up early. I had to get on some Zoom call. And I found a scrolling through Instagram or something. And it showed the picture of, uh, it was like the bottom of the hill and then the top of the hill. And it showed a guy sitting down the bottom like in a valley and someone at the top. And it's like, you know, you need to be here to get here and stay here. Yeah. You know what I mean? I love that. And it's the fucking truth. It's like when you just show up and win, you know what I yeah. mean? Plus, there's not a whole lot of uh, uh, like satisfaction and enjoyment in that. You can't look back on the journey. Right. You can look no. back on this killer journey you've had over the last 12, 13 years and really be proud of what you've done. And that's another thing is like it, it, the the way I came up through the sport, it teaches you how to deal with adversity. Yeah. T- and it teaches you just how to deal with shit. Yeah. Right? And like if you have that automatic success, you don't really you don't understand how to deal with that. Totally. Let's talk about adversity. Right. Yeah. You're the only openly gay strongman competitor. Yes. Right. When when did you come out to really let's take it all the way back the world. Yep. And then. This strongman community. How did that all unfold for you? Did it all at the same time? Did you really? Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm a late bloomer okay. in, gay, in gay years. Sure. Um, so I didn't come out till I was 22. Okay. So up until that point, lived a very heteronormative life. Yep. Um, was you know straight when I when I became a pro in the sport of strongman. Right. So I was already pretty in in the in you know within the sport. Um, when I came to the realization of who I was. Okay. So it was the summer of 2014. Okay. Um, I was actually dating a girl at the time. And I don't know what it was. I don't know why, but I woke up one morning. I was like, I am not fucking happy. Well, you must have known that all along, right? Or no? Yes, but I ignored it. Okay. Right? Like I, 
I would wake up every single day and have to think about how I speak, how I walk, how I interact with people. Um, you know, like it, it's fucking terrible. It's exhausting. Yeah, I bet. It's exhausting to have to put this facade on every single day. Right. Um, and like I said, I don't know what it was. It was, I think it was May of that year where I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Right. You know, so I ended that relationship. Yeah. Um, and it was fully transparent with the girl about, you know, this is why, like, I need to figure my shit out. Right. Um, and what did she say? You know, at first I shocked, you know, cause like we were together for like a year and a half or so. Right. So it was like a decently long time. Right. Um, you know, she was shocked, but like understood. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to be honest, it was not, not too long after that I met Joey, my husband. Really? Yeah. Um, so we had met in August of that year, um, you know, on, on a dating app. Yep. And cause like, to be honest, I was still actually in the closet at this time. To everyone. Uh, yeah. Probably even kind of like yourself, right? Yeah. Because I was still trying to yeah. figure out, like, okay, like, it, are, is this real? Yeah. Like, you know, because I had this entire mindset of what my life was going to look like. Right. Right? Like, you think you have it all. Well, it's 21 years old. The, you think you have world, it all figured out. The world out. tells you that. You exactly. I mean? And I think that sucks. But And so so I'm, like, trying to figure all this out. So. Joey and I link up on on you know so on this app and like we're talking going back and forth and I was like okay like this is pretty dope right like this feels right yeah okay. it felt easy yeah right like I didn't have right. to try right I could actually just be myself and so we go on our first date um and things went great obviously yeah. <laughs> um, right right and you know he knew that I still wasn't out he knew like my entire situation of where yeah. where I was and so it was about six weeks. It was about two months after we had met and like six weeks or so we're like dating. And I'm like, you know what? Like, obviously this isn't just, you know, like a hookup where there's something going on. here. Yeah. You know, like right. we actually like each other, like right. things are, you know, we're, we're seeing each other every day, you know, we're dating at this point. Right. And my husband came out when he was 17 in high school. Okay. So we're 22. Right. And I was like, you know, like this isn't fair to him. Right. For him to be in this position of having to. It's almost like putting him back in the closet. Exactly. And yeah, I, yeah. I'm not about to do that, right? No. Like, that's not fair. Like, right. he had already done this. And I was like, you know, it's not fair for him to be in this relationship and not be able to show people right. and tell people. Right. So it was like mid-October of, of 2014 where I decided to come out to my family and friends, yep. you know, in person and stuff like that. But then I also realized, I was like, well, shit, like. I just took first, second place at America's Strongest Man last right, week. Right. Um, I have friends all over the world. And, you know, while I can't tell all them. So I remember it was a Monday afternoon. I was coming home from work and I'm in my car and I just, I put this post together. Yeah. Because it just like, I just felt like I had to do it. Yeah. Right. And so I get home and I met it's up with courageous Joey. of you though. I mean, you do, do you realize how significant that, that I didn't is? at the time. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea. Right? right. Like for me, it was I was comfortable enough in my relationship and comfortable enough to realize, like, this is who I am. Right. And at that point, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. Fuck it is right. If if somebody doesn't yeah. like this about me, I don't need you. So you already told your, your family, though. Right? Family was cool with it. Family was good. Family was great. Uh, funny. What's like, what was life like at home? You mom and dad, just one? Just uh, have both. They're separated. OK, so yeah. <laughs> I wasn't too nervous about telling my mom because, you know, she had a lesbian sister. Okay. Um, so I was really So the close family with her. was yeah. cool. So the funny thing is I sit down. I was like, Mom, I, I, I have something to talk to you about. Yeah. And the first thing she says, oh, God, who's pregnant? Right. I was like, well, actually, quite the opposite. <laughs> I like dudes. Um, right, right, right. So come out to her as being gay. And she was super, you know, she was super supportive, super happy. Yeah, that's the way it should be. Uh, my dad, I was a little bit, I was a little bit more nervous to talk to my dad because yeah. here we are. He Irish Catholic from Brooklyn, New York. Yep. Right. And, you know, kind of a hard ass. Yep. We had, we always had a great relationship, but sure. still like, you don't fucking know. Right. So I remember sitting in his truck with him and we're like going out to lunch and I'm like, all right, like just got to rip the bandaid off. Yeah. So I start like tearing up, start crying. And I tell him, you know, like I'm gay, like all this stuff. Long pause. He goes, and I still say gay jokes. <laughs> I was like, that's what you're fucking concerned about? Yeah, yeah, I think he was trying to tell you that it's okay. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, luckily family was great. Yeah. Um, you know, well, good. didn't it's hear anything, you know, which was awesome. So having that support obviously made it easier for me to come out publicly. 
And yeah, it was that Monday afternoon. I put this post together and, you know, typical millennial Facebook, Instagram, man, man crush Monday post right, right, right. literally come out to the world. Um, you know, saying, you know, I'm in this relationship, I'm gay, this is who yeah. I am. And, you know, like you mentioned a little bit, like at that time, I really didn't realize what I was doing. Yeah. Right. Like I knew I was coming out. Like that's, that's for me. Right. That's for my boyfriend at the time. Like right. that's what I cared about. Right. And probably a couple hours after the next day, I get this text message from a friend of ours who's openly gay guy in the Boston area. Yeah. And he's also a journalist. He was like, do you realize what you just did? I was like, no. He yeah. was like, you're the only openly gay professional strongman. Right. He was like, this is something. Right. This isn't just a post. Right. He was like, do you mind if I write an article about it? I was like, oh, knock your socks off. Right. I don't fucking care. Right. Well, that article goes live. And next thing you know, we're getting blown up. Right. Like, you know, it's it's one of the it was the first time of me experiencing like going viral. Yeah. Um, Perez Hilton is tweeting about us. Yeah. yeah. Conan talked about us. Crazy. Uh, TMZ, Huffington Post, all want interviews at this yeah. point. And you talk about putting a relationship on blast, right? Right. Real quick, right? You were We're, just trying to tell some people so you could be, yeah. You know, say, hey, I just want to so be myself. And you were doing it for you and Joey more than anything, exactly. Right? Yeah. And um, next thing you know, yeah, you did it for without even knowing it. You did it for hundreds of millions of yeah, other people that it, needed it. Never in a million years, right? Like yeah. I didn't. That wasn't my. That wasn't my goal. That wasn't my, you know, reason for doing any of this. But I learned really quickly that I'm now being shown in this light and I now have a platform that I need to stand on. Right. And um, it has been the most rewarding journey of my life. You know, obviously Strongman is a reason I'm here, but take that, take the sport out of the equation and being able to do this stuff live authentically as myself, be unapologetically openly gay on social media about my relationship with my husband. Um, you know, it is it is the coolest thing that I'm able to do that. And everyone should be able to do that. Yeah. Everyone should be able to do that. Yeah. You know, and I think it's kind of fucked that people can't. It sucks. But hopefully people like you, you know what I mean? And by you going out there and doing things differently than everybody else has done. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm sure there's many, many, many other strong men out there that are gay. Because yeah. everybody in every profession, occupation is gay. Yeah. Because it's just like, and that's know, that's been the biggest part thing. of your life. Big fucking deal. That's been the biggest thing is, you know, we, um, you know, 2014, I competed at the Amateur World Championships. Yep. Or 2015. So I had just come out. And I ended up breaking a world record at that contest. So we're putting up this video and my husband was like, we need to change something. Yeah. Right. Like we need to change the way people think of what being gay means. So we came up with the hashtag breaking the stereotype. Okay, Right. Because when overwhelmingly, when people think of a gay man, they automatically think of this feminine, unathletic, you know, kind of valley girl type character. Right. That's just that's what gay men are portrayed as in media, on TV, in movies. Nobody ever looks at me. And makes the assumption that I'm gay. No. Right? Like, when yeah. I had my rainbow mohawk, it was a lot easier for people to figure out. Right. But the amount of times that people will see me and talk to me, be like, and they'll see the ring on my finger, they're like, yeah. oh, you're married. Like, what's your wife's name? Right. It's the first thing they say. Right. And I was like, oh, actually, like, I'm gay. I'm, you know, my husband's name is Joey. And How do you feel about that when somebody says that? You know, I... Th- <sighs> it's a double-edged sword. Right. Because sometimes it's just pure ignorance. And people don't know, right? right? Like there is overwhelmingly the majority of people have just have this assumption that if you're married, you're straight. But when it comes to like matters of like sexuality and stuff like that, it's like nobody ever taught you to be straight. No. It just happens. Just grew up. Right. That's it. And and that's exactly how you it know? is, right? And that's one of the things that, you know, one of the reasons why I am, you know, the world's strongest gay on social media yeah. and I don't hide that is because representation in media never showed anybody like me when I was growing up. Right. So I didn't know I was possible. Right. 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 There's nothing like it. Nothing. 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 Not, nothing like you. Um, you know what I, I mean? mean? There is only one. Me. <laughs> there is only one you. There is only one you. But it's true. And I think that the, the, the harder thing now, or maybe it's easier, I don't know, is with the social media and, yeah. and being able to see, you know, what else is possible. Like I'm, how old are you? You said you're 30, right? 30, yeah. Right. So I'm almost 15 years older than you. When I was growing up, there was no social media. There was... Even nothing. when I was growing up. Right. Yeah. Right? Like, even when you, 
when I were a kid, when I was in high school, like Facebook was just starting up, right? right. Like, cause I, that was like 2006, 2007, yeah, yeah, right? Like Facebook was just getting going. Yeah. So it's good to see that, that you can be a role model exactly. for all these people. Yeah. What I was saying with the gender thing, right? What made me think before it's like, even in like, uh, so when, when Matthew was probably like three, four years old, right? Like what he gravitated towards was, you know, everything pink and purple and sparkling, whatever. Sure. We, you like it? We'll, we'll get it. Right. Yeah. But then as he got a little bit older, maybe six, seven, he, he no longer wanted to like look in the girls section. Right. So we had to have this whole conversation of, listen, it's not even girls section or boys section, just fucking close. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just clothes. Like even that, <laughs> honest to God, you know yeah. what I mean? Like that should be a thing where the clothes are just clothes. Close. You know what I mean? Who fucking cares? Exactly. You know, it's like if, if I want to, I wear fucking pink shirts. Does that mean it's a woman's shirt or a, th- no. no, who cares? You yeah. Know? You know, and you I think to break all that down because people, the way you described yourself when you were talking before about feeling like you had to pretend and act and think about how you talk and, Everybody should just be able to be themselves. You know, we got to get to that place. You know, in the moment I came out and was able to let that guard down, it improved my strongman career as well. I bet. Right? Like, because now I wasn't using all of this energy into that aspect of my life. Right. And I was like, no, like, fuck it. This is me. Right. Like, this is who I am. Like, I don't have to hide it from anybody now. No. Now, all that energy can go into competing. Right. And that's honestly, like, when my career kind of took off. Right? Like, like I said, you know, after coming out, like I was successful, you know, like I won the national championship as an amateur. That's awesome. Which is pretty great. First year at America's Strongest Man takes second place by half a point. Yeah. You know, next year, second place at America's Strongest Man again. Oh, now I have a world record in the log press. Yeah. You know, like I, my my career path in Strongman took such a drastic turn into something I never thought it would be, right? And now not only not only am I one of the strongest men in the world, yeah. I also have this platform of LGBTQ rights as right, well. Right, and a great husband. Awesome husband. Yeah, you know what I mean? mean? So you got you, you got it all. Yeah. It was probably like letting a lot of pressure out too, right? Holding yeah. all that in, right? And being Absolutely. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's cliche because I'm a strong man, but it literally was like a weight off my shoulders. Like I didn't have to worry about it right. anymore. Right. And like I said, just being able to take that energy that I was so focused on in pretending to be somebody I wasn't every right. single day right. into just being authentically me, right. you know, I was sleeping better. I oh, well, you probably laid, laid in bed every night thinking about this. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Being stressed. Yeah. You know? And, you know, fortunately, it's like you hear about so many, you know, teens and preteens that have that exact feeling going on that leads to drugs and suicide and everything else. Yeah. And so we need more people like you to come out and say, hey, it's okay. Just and, be you. you Just know, be the authentic you. When you talk about, like, the teens and stuff like that, obviously it, it strikes with me because I work in a high school. Yeah. And, you know, also, like I talked about this on Rogan, it's it's crazy that the amount of LGBTQ plus teens right. in this country and the world that don't either have somebody they can look up to or talk to is insane. And there was a study done by the Trevor Project that showed one adult, one accepting adult yeah. in, the, in the life of an LGBTQ plus teen reduces their chance of contemplating suicide by 40 percent. Crazy. 40%. That's, That's a huge number. Just by somebody saying, I see you. Right. I see you. It's okay. Be you. Right? Like, it's crazy. Yeah. And it's, and I think like people don't understand the impact that they might have on somebody just by acknowledging who they are. Right. What can we do to change that? What can we do to help? I think the biggest thing, it just comes down to like education. Yeah. And, and it's so bad to say that like, I hate the term normalizing because it makes me seem like I'm not normal. For being who I am. Yeah. But I feel like it is the best term to show that being LGBTQ and being heterosexual, there really is no difference. There is no fucking difference. Right? Like, and that's a big deal. You like men, I like women. Yeah. And that's the crazy thing that I get. It's like for some reason, LGBTQ plus individuals have automatically just been perverted in the eyes of heterosexual people. Right. Right? Because automatically, when anything LGBTQ gets brought up, the conversation gets brought right to sex. Right. Doesn't Which need to. It doesn't, it right? Doesn't like it's it's about love. It's right. not about sex. Right. Like, you know, when I That's see That's just a piece of it. Exactly. Like when I see a straight couple walking down the street, I'm not thinking about them in the bedroom. No. I'm like, oh, like they're a cute couple holding right. hands. Right. It's the same thing with me and Joey walking down the street when yeah. we're holding hands. Yeah, you know, but for some reason, 
it has been perverted into automatically thinking about sex. It's like right. I have a children's book coming out in the beginning of the year. Awesome. Um, and when we went public with the cover and everything, the amount of hate and attacks that I got. I was going to ask you that. Do you get a lot of bullshit from people? Oh, all, every single day. Every day. Does it bother you? No. No? Not Good. at all. <laughs> Good. You know, but, you know, I got hate ma mail and messages about the children's book because they're like, why bring sex to kids? I'm like, I'm not. not. Like, the story is literally about once you accept yourself for who you are, you can achieve amazing things. Right. That's what this story is about. Right. And being gay just happens to be a part of it. Right. So Like, it being being you're, you're really gonna fuck up America saying that. <laughs> you know, I, it's it's a tough thing to comprehend. <laughs> I know, but you know, the whole premise of the story it literally is like you know I'm a strongman competitor. I'm trying to find my way, and it's all about the clothes that I'm wearing, right? Okay. So like I'm wearing all these dark drab clothes when I go compete because that's what all the other competitors wear. Right. But when I'm training and I'm I'm actually able to be myself, I like to wear bright colored clothes. Yeah. Well, then I meet Joey, yep. and he gives me the strength to wear the bright-colored clothes when I compete, and then I win, yeah. right? Because I was hiding who I truly was when I was competing. But now, through the strength of love and support of, of my partner, I'm able to win these events. It's amazing. Right? Like, that's what the story is about. And, you know, automatically, just based off of the cover of— What, what was the cover? Uh, I mean, I'll show you a yeah, picture. Yeah. It literally is—it's a cartoon version of me with a rainbow mohawk. That's it. And that's it. And automatically people just make these, they're just jumping to these conclusions that this book is, you know, somehow perverted. And the name of the book is just titled Strong. That is super offensive. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm here to yeah, piss show, you off. Show the camera. It's ridiculous how not offensive that is. Right. It's actually, it, that's it makes me think of like a loving, welcoming, you know. Yeah. You know. All and good things. It's, uh, you know, so it's just, it's just funny to me how. For some reason, the LGBTQ community just gets perverted by, you know, heterosexual people. And that's right. the attack in the mode that they go off of. And that's why, like I said, like, I hate using wrong the word normalizing. You know what I mean? Like, do you think do you think maybe it's just all insecurity for some weird fucking reason? So they I find think, somebody else that they can pick on? I think it's you know insecurity. I, mean? I think it's also just rooted in shitty culture, right? Like it's shitty parenting. Yeah. And, right. you know, I think it's just people were brought up to think a certain way. And I think a lot of that is changing. And, you know, I hope so. what, I'm, what I'm about to say, like, this isn't an attack on religion whatsoever, but I think a lot of the hate is rooted in that. Whether it is Christianity, Catholicism, yeah. is, is Islamic, Buddhism, like any religion, um, there is a majority of those people that follow those religions that have an issue with the LGBTQ community. Yeah, because they're fucking thousands of years old. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and if, you know, I, I grew up, you know, Irish Catholic, like you're saying, right? And, uh, you know, the, the narrative in, in, in the Bible is not good. No, you know it's not. I mean? It's not good. And I think people are brought up in that. But I think that's one of the reasons why we're seeing such a shift. And I think there is like an overwhelmingly positive acceptance and movement, um, you know, with Generation Z and like yep. these younger kids coming up, which is why kids are more comfortable coming out at a younger yep. age. Because I think overwhelmingly... I think there is a trend that we're seeing that less and less people are following religion. Yeah. Right? Like, I well, think you it's, almost like grow out of it because you, 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 you see yeah. what the world is really all about. And I think it's just becoming like antiquated, maybe the right, I don't know if that's the right word, but like, you know, an example of this is like a friend of ours, um, you know, just had a baby and where they were getting at, like somebody asked him like, oh, are you going to baptize? They're like, yeah. no. Yeah. Like, they're yeah. like, well, why not? Like, you have to. Like, that's what everybody does. They're like, yeah, but why? It's right. like, we don't go to church. Right. We don't follow the Bible. Right. Like, I'm not donating to church. Nope. Like, why am I going to baptize my kid? Right. There's no point. Then it's just like a false act that you're doing yeah. just because your parents thought it was a good idea. Yeah. You know, it's so a I different think, world, different time. I think we are falling out of that. Yep. And, you know, like I said, with I, I feel like there's a trend of less people following religion as, you know, people of my generation are getting older. Yep. And that's why I think we are seeing more openness and acceptance to the LGBTQ community. But there are a lot of loud people of the older generation that are, are making it still hard. Well, they'll all fucking die. And then we'll yeah, die. yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's crazy, though. But talking about the religion piece, I think that people need to, you know, it needs to be less like, fixed religion like that and how about more like spirituality like I'm have some spirit because i'm not i am by no means a practicing catholic anymore yeah. i haven't been for 
20 years, right? Yeah. Um, I'm more of like, let's treat people kind. Let's be nice to one another. Yeah. You know, let's do the right thing. What goes around be honest. comes around. You know, you know what like, I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, I think, I think. Live life the right way. Don't be a dickhead. Yeah. There's a you know? huge disconnect. You know, I think there's a huge separation between like religion and spirituality. I think yeah. people can be spiritual, you know, like believe in a higher power, whatever you want, yada, yeah. yada, yada. But, you know, something I talked about on Rogan too, where it's like, I always get attacked for like shoving the gay agenda down people's throats. Yeah. And I'm like, I, one, I don't know what that is. Right. Like, <laughs> How is that? I what is the gay agenda? Well, that's the thing. I, I never got my gay packet when yeah, I came yeah, out, yeah. so what, I never what fully is the got agenda? it. Um, What's the breakdown? But the funny thing is, it's like, I'm not shoving, I'm not pushing anything, right? Like, I'm pushing love and positivity right. on my social Acceptance. media accounts, right? Like, meanwhile, you have religions that are literally built around the, that they are supposed to go and recruit right. for their religion. Right. Like, yeah, like when people are knocking on your door. Yeah, exactly. You know I've I mean? never knocked on a door. I've never had a group of gay people knock on my door no. and ask me to come be gay with them. <laughs> it's never happened. Exactly. Right? So, like, I think that's I, – I think it's I, – I find it funny, to be yeah. honest, when people are like, oh, you're pushing the gay – like, what is that agenda? Yeah, what are you talking I about? I still don't know what it is. Right. Right? Like, and, you know, then that's usually when they get offended that I call them out on it. And yep. then they, like, start linking, like – homosexuality to like bestiality and pedophilia they go like i'm like okay rabbit holes yeah like, <laughs> it's dogs just and goats and children are totally different from two consenting, consenting adults that yeah, love each other wild yeah totally wild. different <laughs> <laughs> you know so way different it's just it's crazy to me but like for some reason like there is just this bigotry that i think is taught and yeah. ingrained um, by a few people that they, you know, unfortunately, they're sometimes the loudest voices. Yeah, and those few people can cause some serious shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the same with, I think it's it's similar to, like, racism. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I was talking with, with my wife about it one night, and it's like, it's, you know, the people that are against, you know, homosexuality and racism, like, why do you, why why does anybody give a fuck? Well, and they're usually cut from the same cloth, too. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, but like, I don't see why people care what other people do. No. That I have never been able to get my head around. Like, my my, my relationship with my husband has yeah. absolutely no, no bearing on what you are doing. No. Right? And that's the thing is, like, and I'm here, I, I am somebody that is fully supportive of, like, religious freedom. Sure. Right? Like, All freedom. Absolutely. Yeah. And, but, like, specifically with religious freedom, like, that is the ability for you to practice whatever yep. religion you want to believe in. Right? Religious freedom is is you following a religion. It doesn't have any bearing on because you don't like what I'm doing. I'm not allowed to do it. Right. Right. And I think that's where like people get mixed up. They yeah. feel like, oh, because I'm Catholic, you shouldn't be able to get married. Like the fuck? Yeah, what the fuck are you no. talking about? No, that I mean, doesn't I, make any I don't sense. Know what I do. Dude, yeah, that's you. Like you I know? don't, I don't believe. I in just God, don't understand so. either why they want to even take the energy to 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 have a problem with what you do or somebody else does. And that's something I've always said too, is that it's easier to love than hate. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, like and if you don't like something, just don't do it. No, just don't be around it. Yeah, but just don't do it or, or be around it, whatever it is. I mean, there's nothing I really think of that like I have a problem with, but yeah. like, you know, if I did, I just wouldn't do that well, or, that's or be with too. people that did. And like when I say that to people, I'm like, they, they sometimes they look confused. I'm like, you ever think of how exhausted you are after having an argument? Yeah. It sucks. It, it sucks, sucks the energy out of you, yeah. right? But it's like, stressful. It's hard. It causes anxiety. Are you ever tired after being happy? No. No, you're fucking jacked no, up. Yeah, like, feel, things are good. You feel energized and right? awesome. And that's what I tell That's why, like I say, like, you know, it's easier to love than hate. Like, yeah. put your energy there. Yeah. Uh, and, like, the world just becomes so much brighter. Yeah, man. Keep spreading this fucking love because the, yeah. the world needs it. You know Absolutely. what I mean? And I think seeing you out there doing the strongman competitions and your, you know, and your bright colors with your mohawk, <laughs> I think it's awesome. I really do. Yeah. Because you look at all the people there that are in the crowd or watching on TV and the sport is growing. Absolutely. Right? So now it's not just 3 o'clock in the morning on ESPN2. No, we're prime time, you know what I mean? Seriously. <laughs> no, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. So as, as the sport's growing and you're showing people what you should be, you know what I mean? Yeah. You being you, it'll just help everybody else around the and world. And that's the cool thing, too, is, you know, like I always, you know, like I think every athlete has some level of superstition whenever yeah. they compete, right? Yeah. And my thing is, like, I always have to give my husband a kiss before I go out yeah. on that stage. Great. And the cool thing is cameras have caught that. Good. You know, they and should. they're not editing it out anymore. They shouldn't. And, you know, it's really cool to see that. And it's like, you know, I have the support of companies like IMG yep. and ESPN yeah. and CBS, like yeah. all these major companies that are like are making it a point. And whether it's, you know, 
conscious or not. Yeah. But it's a big deal to see two men kissing on live TV. Yeah. And one being the strongest man in the world. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's a big deal. To be honest, yeah, with you. like, you're right. It really, I mean, I, I I don't think it should be a big deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right, great. That's it. Two guys are in love. You know what I mean? And that one lifts heavy stuff. You know what I mean? Like my husband's pretty fucking strong too. He He has like a five hundred pound deadlift. No shit. Because I saw pictures. He doesn't look like a big guy, right? Yeah, he's he's like my height. He's about like one eighty, one eighty five. That's not that big. Yeah, to be pulling five hundred pounds. Yeah, he has like a five hundred pound deadlift. He squatted four eighty five. Wow. He's pressed like pressed almost three hundred pounds overhead. Wow. Yeah. That's fucking. That's a lot of weight. Yeah. So he's still in CrossFit. You said. Pretty much, yeah, yeah predominantly, yeah. yeah. What's up for you guys? You guys gonna have kids? You gonna what's what's the plan? That's the plan. Yeah. yeah. So we um God, we've had a crazy year, right? So about a year it was November of last year, we decided to actually move to Seattle. Oh, no shit. So my husband just finished graduate school. Yeah. Um and got a great job out there, we thought. So we, you know, Western Mass residents through and through, yep. but we're like, you know what? Let's take a chance. We've always talked about obviously we've traveled all over the world. Yeah. We're like, you know, let's experience living life somewhere else. Yeah. So we went out there and all was pretty good. Um, you know, on the topic, he actually experienced some homophobia at work um, oh, and he, he quit. Did? He quit because of it. Um, and at that same time, within a couple of weeks of that happening, I was diagnosed with testicular cancer. Right. Oh, we didn't even talk about that. So all that happened pretty much right away. And when those two things happened so close together, we're like, I think we might need to go. Yeah, home. we should just be home. You know, like yeah. it's, it's hard to deal with. One of those things, let mm-hmm. alone both of those things happening. Yeah, when you're literally across the country from family and right, friends, right? No family. So what we didn't Washington get real fucked up too, though. Yeah, we the- we were just outside Seattle, but what we realized is like obviously like Seattle super super liberal, right? Um, and about thirty minutes outside of the city draw radius, it's like that. Yeah, the rest of the town, yeah, or the rest of the city is like Confederate flags and banjos. Get out of here! Oh yeah, I it's didn't know that. Wild. I just knew it was. Crazy because they went, you know, went all and that's but that's just Seattle and wild. Yeah, that's just Seattle itself. That's not the entire state. So we didn't realize that until we moved out there either. Yeah, Um, and that's why some of the homophobia stuff that he dealt with happened. Yeah, because of that stays out in those rural areas. Keep them, keep them those rural areas. Exactly. There's less people. So, um, so he dealt with that, and you know, we we came home, and you know, so like looking forward, you know, like we're uh, we're living just we're living just outside Springfield, Mass. And, you know, we're, we're excited to kind of settle down, yeah. um, you know, again, you know, talking about what he does for work, uh, being in the real estate world, you know, yeah. looking at buying a house relatively soon yeah. and settling down, you know, starting a family for sure. Yeah, that's cool. You're going to stay at the school. So you're you're a trainer at the school, right? Yeah. So I'm, a, I'm an athletic trainer. So work yeah. in sports medicine. Uh, that's the plan is yeah, I yeah. love it. Aren't you, you know? fucking busy? Yeah. Yeah. It's all good, though. Yeah, I know. But it's like, fun. You know, so you, are you in school? All day or just no. in the afternoons? When so pretty much athletics um, and things, right? Pretty much going about noon. Okay. And then stay through when sports are done. So some days I could be done at like four or five. Yep. Some days I'm not done till 10 p.m. Sure. If there's like right. night games. Games and stuff like that. Yep. Um, and then, you know, obviously travel with football for away games in the fall. Yep. Um, you know, but it's kind of be cool for those kids to have you as the athletic trainer. It's fun. You know, yeah, they they must love it. So awesome. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things I love about what I do for work. Yeah. Right, like I, I tell people, like I have the best job in the world. I get paid to watch sports. Yeah, it's awesome. And you know, I went to the Rogue Invitational back in October, so I was obviously gone from work for about a week. Yeah, I came back. They had decorated my office. They had oh, made cool. signs for me. I fr- I found out that the Friday of the first day of the competition. Um, a lot of the kids like ended up skipping their last period and like went to, to one classroom you. to and they they put the show they put the competition up on the projector so kids could watch. Like it's just so cool to like be in an environment that one, like they support me as an athlete. Yeah. So supportive of me as like a human. Right. And then also like to be able to give back to kids like that. Yeah. You know, it's so, so cool. And you're in an environment where you can kind of spread the love a little bit. Exactly. You know what I mean? If you can teach all these high school kids. That you can just be you. Yeah. Where, where else, you know, where better place for you to be to to spread the message of, of of love and acceptance? I think honestly, the coolest thing is like, I I didn't have to do that. Right. It's already like that. But just by being you, I'm yeah. saying, you know what I mean. In that in in that environment, you know, where people know, you know, what we I mean? have um we have a couple of trans students, and all of the kids in the school use the right pronouns. Yep. It's not even a they don't even question it like. You know, one of my students, you know, is a uh, female to male trans okay. trans man. And all of the guys are like, yo, what's up, dude? Yeah. Like they don't it doesn't yeah. even like they don't stutter. Nope. Nothing. And I'm just like, 
Fuck, that is awesome. Well, you've seen it more and more. I didn't realize necessarily with the high school kids where they're a little bit older, but the younger kids. Yeah. So we're, we're, I'm even seeing that in the elementary school where, where my kids go. That's awesome. Um, there's, I don't, obviously, they're, they're little, so nobody really knows exactly yeah. Yeah, what yeah, they yeah. are or not, you know. Yeah. But there's, you know, a, a handful of people like that, and they refer, you know, boy, girl, just the way that. they want to be because the little kids just see them for who they are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. And that's the way it should be. And hopefully, hopefully, like, the people that don't are going to be, like, aging out. Exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, the, and the younger generations coming up will just learn to love people and do the right thing. You Absolutely. Know? No, it's it's been awesome. I love it. Are you fucking blown away by the fact that you're talking about Joe Rogan like he's just some regular guy? <laughs> and you told me before how Arnold Schwarzenegger crashed your wedding and shit? Yeah, it's, it's, gotta be it's wild, surreal. Right? You know, yeah. like, I, I never thought that I would have this platform or be this person, yeah. you know? Yeah. and. You know, the fact that I could just, like, pick up my phone and shoot Rogan a text or shoot Arnold a text. And it, it's, yeah. Anna, grab his phone real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's just, it's so cool, you yeah. know, just to be able to, like, have supportive people like that. You know, obviously of, you know, guys like Arnold who anybody that has ever even considered joining a gym. Yeah. Is an idol, yeah, right? Like, absolutely. And the fact that, like, I've been able to go to his house and been at his office and, you know, just share this crazy, crazy experiences. You know, the funny thing is, you know, I talked to you about our wedding a little bit yeah. before we started. So Joey and I got married in Australia right after I'd won one of Arnold's contests yeah. down there. And he ended up spoiling us, right? So he chartered a yacht for us that night, took us out to dinner. And I'll never forget, we're leaving dinner, walking back to the hotel in Melbourne, Australia. And Joey looks at me and goes probably going to go, it's probably doesn't get any better than this, yeah. right? I was like, no, this is the peak. It is straight downhill <laughs> from this moment on. That's it. <laughs> we reached the peak on our yeah, wedding that's day. It. It's shit from here. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's just, it is absolutely insane. And like, the cool thing is, is like these people that I know, it's not just like, I don't know, I guess the best way to describe it, it's like, we don't just know them. Right. Right. Like Joe, like I Kind of talk to him, not, not like a regular basis, yeah. but like we interact with each other. Yeah, on you have a media. relationship. Um, same with Arnold. Like he knows my name. You know, it's not just, oh, the wild. the strong man with the mohawk. So yeah. it's, it, it, it is wild. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's you should so be proud surreal. of yourself. You know yeah. what I mean? Just because you've, you've set goals and fucking crushed them and you're, you know, genuinely you. Yeah. Which is, I, I think that's, that's the. The, the bigger thing here, you know what I mean? For like sure. a lot of people can lift heavy things. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, not hold world records and shit. So like that's <laughs> fucking dynamite too. But I mean, the, 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 the way you, uh, the way you express yourself and the way that you're genuinely you for, you know, hopefully many, many millions of, you know, people to be watching and admire and look up to and, realize that that's the way to be you know I what i mean it. it's uh, something pretty fucking awesome yeah it's been a wild ride yeah. i love it so what, what's the what's the next competition for you so uh heading down to brazil in february okay. to do a little contest down there and then the big one i'm getting ready for is the arnold strongman classic in march where's that columbus ohio that's right because that, it's always there it's always at, uh, there yep um you know so the thing is you know in strongman we have obviously world strongest man yep. and the arnold those are the two big prestigious ones uh the arnold is Really, like when you get into strongman world, the Arnold is like the cream of the crop. Yeah, it's ten athletes only, um, the best of the best going to show, and it's the heaviest contest that we see right. every year as well. So, is that just strongman, or there at the Arnold oh, Classic? No. Yeah, it's also there's also bodybuilding. And yeah, all so of it, right? it is actually the largest sport and fitness expo in the world. Right. Yeah. Um, they have more athletes competing throughout the weekend than the Olympics, um, and I think. Over, I think it's like over 800,000 spectators throughout the weekend. Wow. Go through the expo. Wow. It's insane. Yeah. What are the dates? Uh, competition is, I believe it's March 4th and 5th, that Friday, Saturday. So it's the first weekend of March. Um, you know, fortunately. Go. That'll be awesome. Yeah. It's, down, cheer you on. If you, if you like strongman or fitness oh, I in love, general. I, I love all of it. Yeah. It is an experience. Yeah. And I mean, it's so strongman. They've actually, they're building a strongman arena in the convention center this yeah, year yeah. Um, and really highlighting us because what is, what they've actually learned over the past few years, strongman is now a bigger draw at the Arnold than bodybuilding is. I bet. I you bet. know, which is, which is crazy to think because yeah. Arnold's obviously bodybuilder and you know, that's where he made his mark. Yeah. But now strongman has a bigger following than the bodybuilding world at that uh, event. 
Um, so it's pretty cool to see like we're getting an actual arena built in the convention center for our competition. That's so cool. And, you know, that's another thing talking about bodybuilding, though. It's another fit aspect of fit, fitness yeah. that, you know, it has to be respected, just like CrossFit, strongman, bodybuilding. Exactly. It's like, so I, I go to this gym over here, just kind of funny, right? Because you can probably relate because of how much mass you've had to put on. Uh, my trainer, right? The kid's probably, I think he's like 215, 220 pounds. All jacked Solid. up. Zero, yeah. zero fat, right? Yeah. His goal, because right, he wants to be a professional bodybuilder, is to get to 310 pounds of fucking muscle. Jesus. He, How tall he, is he? Maybe your height, 5'10", 5'11". And that's kind of yeah. tall for a bodybuilder. Yeah, he, go, he goes, it'll probably take me eight to ten years to get there. Yeah. But, like, you think about that, I'm like... That's Big Ramy. Like, dude, that's crazy. Like, there's, there's a yeah. bodybuilder, Big Ramy, oh, yeah. that just won the Olympia, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. he's about, I think he's like 5'9". Yeah, that's who he was, he was yeah. showing me pictures. Yeah, and he steps on stage yeah. at just around 300 It's pounds. amazing what, what all of you uh, guys do. You know what I mean? Because the what, what, I, what blows my mind about that, and it's no matter what, whether it's CrossFit, Strongman, uh, bodybuilding, is the dedication, the commitment. Yeah. All of it. It's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Nonstop. You know? Even my rest days are Your nutrition, yeah, your sleep, exactly. all of it, you yeah. know? I mean, like, my sleep schedule, it's disgusting. Like, it's literally, like, in bed by 9.30 or 10 o'clock yep. at the latest, yep. up at 5.30. Yeah. Every day, Sunday through Sunday. Like, yeah. weekends, it's the same. It doesn't matter, right? Like, yeah. it's just always on that schedule. Yeah. You know, eating at breakfast at certain time, you know, all my meals at certain times, depending on what I'm training in the day. Yep. Everything is calculated and ready to go. With your size, though, and what you're doing, do you really have to be super dialed in on on what you eat as much as? No. Oh, no. No, right? no You're no. just fucking so, eating everything, right? Yeah, you know, so like my. Well, it's not shitty for you. Yeah, my, my daily calorie intake's like six to 7,000, so it's pretty high, yeah. but not like, you know, Brian Shaw, those guys that are eating right. close to 10. Um, we I, I like to eat relatively clean, yeah. you know, like I'm Irish, man, meat and potatoes right. all day. Right. And, uh, you know, but luckily, like because of what we do, like and getting the calories in, like on my my eight hour training sessions. Yep. I dirty it up that day. Right. So right. it's like burgers, fries, milkshakes, getting those calories back in. Right. What? After? After the. Yeah. yeah just fucking replenish, right? refuel just so we're ready for the next week. Because, yep. again, bodybuilding. Unbelievable discipline. Right, have to be. It's an aesthetic sport, though. Right. Right? So you have to look a certain way. We have to perform. Right. So it's not just about, like, looking good. Right. Looking Nobody's strong watching them lift or do anything. It's just it's no, what they you have look to like look after. like. You know, for us, it's like we get on that floor, we have to throw some shit around. Right. So we have to be able to perform. And that's why, you know, like during a contest, like my go to nutrition is like Uncrustables. Uh, Sour Patch Kids and Rice Krispie Treats. <laughs> like, that's what I eat when I compete because it's all like sugar, a little right. bit of protein, like just yep. get that energy in to go. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Well, hey, keep eating. Keep, <laughs> keep loving. Keep doing all the right things. Thanks so much. I can't wait to watch you guys at the, at the Arnold Classic. I'm serious. Yeah. I might, I might see yeah. if I can get down there. That'd be great. Uh, I love going and checking out cool shit. So yeah. maybe that's what we'll do. Good stuff. Rob, this is a fucking pleasure, Appreciate man. Appreciate it, brother. Keep Thank doing you. it. All right. Thanks. Thank you, guys. The Mic Drop. Subscribe to success.